Welcome everybody to A Buddhist Life. Um, my name's Arjun Gill. Uh, I'll be the host today. And today I have with me Bob. Uh, Bob, if you could just introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Bob Muscovich, just a member at the Buddhist Temple of Southern Alberta. And I've been a member now for a couple of years. Yeah, so Bob uh, was actually, if you've been listening, he was uh, a host on the podcast earlier with um, uh, Reverend Tezumi um, talking about uh, crime and Jodoshinshu Buddhism, which was uh, a really interesting podcast. And during that podcast, you know, Bob spoke about being part of the RCMP <clears throat> before he retired. And um, I thought that was super interesting. And so I figured let's have a podcast, talk about your life and kind of um, your journey to Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. Uh, but I think to start off, we should really talk about, let's just, you know, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Just tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so, uh, oh, I, I grew up, um, I guess you'd say in the West Coast in Surrey, BC. We, uh, my parents had moved from Edmonton to uh, BC, well, many years before that. And um, I, uh, I kind of Surrey was kind of home for me for many years until I was nineteen, and uh, grew up. I just a little background. Grew up in uh, Catholic background, um, and um, lots of family ties. When I was nineteen, I. Uh, I made the decision, well, I had an opportunity to go work in a mining camp in, uh, in the Yukon. And uh, I, uh, I took the leap at 19 and uh, flew up there. Um, I knew um, I had a friend that I worked with before at a hotel that was working up there and told me about the position. So I um, made that plunge and... Um, ventured out on my own at 19. Um, at that time, I had my application in for the RCMP and was waiting for that to go through. And um, so I looked at this op- this job at the work camp there just as a temporary position. So at uh, I was there for about 10 months and uh, they'd called me and said that uh, come and fill your paperwork and we're going to send you to Regina. So at that point I um, packed up my things, uh, finished that job. I was working in the camp kitchen uh, as a kitchen help and went to, I decided to go home to Surrey because I had my vehicle there and uh, my dad and I drove to Regina, so that was the fifth of December. It was quite a adventurous drive, especially in the middle of winter, and uh, but we made it. And uh, I spent uh, well the next six months in training, and um, and then right after training, um, it was in 1976 when the Olympics were set for Montreal. We went. Uh, we had our graduation, and right after graduation the next day, they put us all on a plane, and we flew to Montreal. And then we stayed at the uh, Notre Dame College uh, dorm rooms, so it wasn't much different from what we were living at when we were in training, and uh, we were there for another two and a half months. 
And then I went to my posting, which was back up in the Yukon. I went back to Whitehorse. And then um, while I was in Whitehorse, um, I met my wife, Carrie, and um, we um, had planned to get married in 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 about a year or so. But in the meantime, I got transferred to a two-man posting in um, Old Crow, which is uh, north of the Arctic Circle, uh, two-man attachment, fly in, fly out. Um, and so I was there from February until August. And then after that, uh, I moved back to Whitehorse's um and that was when we got married in in seventy eight and and then shortly after we were married, we moved again to Carmax, another two man detachment. You could drive in and drive out of there. Um, Carrie's family was still living in in Whitehorse at the time, so we were able <coughs> to visit with them and and then from there we moved from Carmax to Cochrane, Alberta, and. Um, there for another five years and then to Lethbridge for about another 10 years we lived in Lethbridge between 84 and 92 and then we moved to Stony Plain and I worked in Spruce Grove for the last five years and then I retired in 1999. So uh, when you applied in the first place was there some motivation behind that or was it just an opportunity you saw? Um, it was something that I was kind of interested in all my life when I was younger. I always would see, uh, they'd have displays in the mall and stuff like that and go and talk to them and it was an interest. And I always was, it was funny when I was younger, I used to watch uh, a lot of those cop shows on TV at mm. the time. <laughs> what Adam 12, all those old shows. <laughs> and uh, so it was sort of something that uh, piqued an interest in me. I think it was probably... Um, something that was probably destined for my life, something that I I didn't really realize at the time that uh, I was probably meant to do. Mm. My life's part of my life's journey. How was the job different than when you were growing up, and you thought you know your perception of the job versus what the job actually was? Well, um, I I guess uh, you know when you're younger, you think about all the the excitement catching the bad guy, you know, doing a good job and stuff that way. But, you know, I, I as I got older, you kind of realize there's a little bit more to it than just that. It's uh, it's really a important public service. And really the people that you're working for is the public. It, it's not like uh, not having a them and us attitude. In some ways I could see that that kind of played into some people's lives. And I found that having, you know, other interests outside of the job and, and being involved in um, different organizations, that it made you a more balanced person, a more balanced policeman. Now, uh, you talk about the two-man outposts? Is that yeah, what? Deta- um, yeah, detachments. Detachments. Yeah. So that's two people, two RCMP officers going out for a specific amount of time? or um, Yeah, it, it all depends. Like... Um, 
when I was an old crow, it was uh, considered an isolated post. So um, I was living in a single barracks. They had married quarters there. So there was uh, the corporal that was there. He was married. And they usually, the extent of the posting was usually about two years. Okay. So um, I was fortunate. I mean, the the consideration was there for me to move, um, for my wife to move up to Old Crow, but it was, uh, at the time, it was just single barracks, so there wasn't any accommodation for a married another married couple there. Mm. So um, in... In the other detachment, Carmax, it was uh, drive in, drive out, same same type of situation. So they tried to keep people there for at least a couple of years before they rotated them out. Mm. I uh, my circumstances were different. I guess that it was time they decided that I should, you know, move right out of the territory and move south. So um, it was another opportunity for us to be a little bit closer to some of my wife's family. And her grandmother, and and also just uh, to me, it was a, a little bit of a cultural change too, because um, the way we dealt with certain like sudden deaths and things in the Yukon were a lot different how they dealt with them in Alberta. Mm. So it was a little bit of another learning curve for me. But um, like I say, over the years, I you know I. I I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity to to serve in the RCMP and and be a servant to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I I looked at it. Is you know I I was there to serve them and 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 help in any way that I could. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you, you there's not much you could do with the circumstances, but. Um, just to do the best you can, like even in, in cases where you're dealing with sudden deaths, um, one inspector told me, you know, you're. I know when I first started, it was kind of unsettling, and he said, you know, um, that person is gone; mm. they're not there anymore. But what you have to do is you have to do your best in dealing with the situation that you have there for the people that are left behind. Mm. And that stuck with me through all my service. Mm-hmm. Is do you think becoming a Jodhishinsha Buddhist has helped you understand or deal with the idea of death better? I had a concept of uh, death and dying before. Um, you know, as a Christian, you kind of wonder, you know, where you where are you where are you going to be? Mm. Where are you going to go when you die? Or is there something going to impede or stop you from um, reaching that final um, goal of hap? You know, ever being happy, happily ever after. I guess another way of saying it. Mm. But I, I there was a time where I, I, you know, some of the the ideas of it weren't quite settling with me, and and. Um, thanks to my daughter we were coming to exploring Buddhism and it I guess you say opened my eyes or opened my heart to to the Buddha and how um, you become one with the Buddha and it's um, you know nobody's I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a perfect person but 
certainly um, it's uh, it's given me some peace of mind that way mm. um, that we you know that the Buddha is always here grasping us never letting us go and that um, no matter what we do he's always going to be there and I I do feel um, that it's changed my life and it's given me that peace of mind that you know I I don't worry about that you know what's going to happen I, I think the only what's going to happen to me after I die but I don't I think everybody thinks that way thinks a little bit about what what will happen to the people left behind mm. so I think knowing that um, you know what what I've learned from exploring Buddhism and from Sensei Izumi is that you know that certainly we're we work towards uh, our Buddhahood but we also are going to be coming back to guide others and um, I think in a way, when I look back at my past, a lot of things that I, you know, working with, um, you know, especially the last 19 years when I was working at the university, I tried to make it a point to help the younger uh, pers- people that were coming up, you know, through the security, because a lot of them had aspirations to be policemen and just try to give them some guidance and in, in their lives and... Um, sort of things that helped me along my life's journey I wanted to you know impart to those people too as well do you think if you were a Buddhist while you were in the RCMP like would you do you have a different perspective on that job now than you did when you were in it no I I don't think I would have like um you know over over the years um I think you know I I I used to, I didn't drink a lot, but I used to like to have a drink and whatnot. Mm. But that was kind of like the social norm thing back then. But it, it over the years, it kind of, you know, when you see the effects of what, you know, people that that abuse alcohol or drugs or any th- things of that nature, how it kind of um, causes a lot of problems in their lives or, you know, it alters the way they normally act. It just didn't appeal to me, and I, I I found that I could find you know enjoyment doing other things besides uh, you know having a beer or having a glass of wine after work. Mm-hmm. After the RCMP, you worked uh, for the university. Yes, I worked in the security department at the University of Lethbridge uh, for just about nineteen years. Okay. So I started there just as a regular security person personnel and um, became a supervisor there. And then on the last five years, I was a manager. Okay. How long ago did you get into Jodo Shinshu Buddhism? About two years ago. Um, like I say, at the time, there was just, uh, it was kind of, um, I had a lot of questions about things and and sort of searching and just um, wondering about life and and things and and um, my daughter Rochelle um, was interested in Buddhism at the time. She had read a few things and and so 
um, she found that they're having um, sessions here on Saturdays. Mm. And we started coming and we actually became, I guess, regulars. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's very insightful to see, um, I guess, to see that Jodo Shinshu Buddhism point of view when we talked to Sensei Izumi and him bringing in the the contrast or the comparisons between between Christianity and Buddhism and how I felt it kind of made it was more gave me more clarity in how I felt about myself and how um, Buddhism became a real important part of my life mm-hmm. super interesting that your daughter was the one that got you into it and it's usually you hear the parents get their kids into it, so I think that's really unique. Uh, do you have a really close relationship with your daughter then? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, you guys spend a lot of time together. I'm yes, guessing. yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, moving forward now, like in terms of what do you hope to you know, achieve in terms of your journey in, you know, with Buddhism? Obviously, now you're retired, so you're kind of you know, enjoying your life, living, living it up. Uh, um, what's kind of, do you have any goals set in your you know, near future here? Well, I wouldn't say I'm living it up. I think COVID 19s <laughs> kind of slowed everything down. But yeah. I, I think you, what I th- think you have to look at is, especially in retirement, what I, I've thought about is that it's not uh, so much about what you do and what you have, it's about um, who you have in your life and, um, how um, those people, you know, influence your life and how you can, you know, um, how they enhance your life as well. Mm. So I, I, I really um, cherish my personal relationships with my family mm. and with friends. And um, one thing um, Buddhism has taught me more to is, is uh, being grateful uh, grateful for the people that you know and the people um, that you've known and how they've influenced your life. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, uh, in uh, the uh, podcast episode you hosted, there's a really interesting conversation about obviously Buddhism and not judging someone, you know, and like letting them have their own journey and you looking at yourself and seeing, you know, um, versus the reality of our society and people committing crimes and you know obviously people need to be punished they need to be jailed for crimes they commit uh what is your perception of that now because as obviously as you being in the rcmp having to deal with a lot of criminals do you kind of have to have a specific you know wall put up or whatever it may be like you're you're always almost in like you know I, I, I always feel like you have to be always on your toes, obviously, when you're going to calls and things like that. But at the same time, now, if you were to look at it as a Jodo Shinshu Buddhist, you're trying to look at the best in people. So it's just it's just like an interesting contrast. I just don't know how that would... Like, what well, do you think well, about that? Well, I think, that? like, back many years ago, you think about it was a job. Um, you had to do the job, and you had to keep the public interest you know your 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 job was in you're doing your best in the public interest yeah and not in your own personal interest so right that um 
you know, there's certain times, you know, you, you get kind of frustrated and whatnot with the person that you may have been dealing with. But then, like, say, in retrospect, when I look back, okay, um, what was the cause of that person's distress? Mm-hmm. Let's look at those three things that we talk about in Buddhism, cause, condition, and effect. So I look at that now, I think, you know, look back, retrospectively that okay some people in some distressing situations or violent you know different situations there is probably some cause for them to be the way they were or in that condition in that condition Hmm. and then what we dealt with was a lot of that you know how do you deal with that when you don't know the background and and I could see that in a lot of places I was at was a lot of the cause for our problems were something that's happened in their past that um, we we had no clue of what what it was. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, like now, I I think well, okay, we're just a off-the-cuff example, like when I'm driving, I mean, I used to be, you know, everybody gets into that attitude, you know, somebody cuts you off or something like that, okay. Um, really, does it do you any good to get upset about it? Just uh, let it go. Mm. That's sort of an attitude I try to take and um, makes you more peaceful. Yeah, I, it's kind of funny. I was talking to my girlfriend about this too. It's like, I had the same thing where I was like, I've been in a position where I've made a little mistake, you know, driving or something, and it happens once maybe every five years. I consider myself a decent driver, but it happens to everybody. And that person that, you know, might cut you off, that might be the same case with them where it just happened once and there's no reason to be mad because you wouldn't want anybody getting mad at you for a simple, honest mistake. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's that perspective change where it's like, it's just... It's just driving. It's okay. Nobody, nobody's getting hurt. It's okay. At the end of the day, you know, it's going to be fine. Um, but uh, is there any case or any instance that sticks with you? It doesn't have to be negative. doesn't have to be positive. Something that stuck with you, something that changed you as a person, or anything like that that you can think of? It's a tough one. Yeah. There's probably a lot of rough ones there. Eh? I, I, uh, I think what stands out to me the most is, you know, where... Like I explained in the past, or uh, how I think we all have to understand how we're in- interconnected with each other. And um, I think back of people that had a big influence in my career and, and how I did things, and I wanted to do the same things like they did. They set, you know, a good example. And I, I look back and, and you know, I, I there's several people that I can think of that have come back to me later on and said, you know, thank you for, you know, your example or um, thank you for for one reason or another. But it was, I think, um, you know, when you you don't when you receive those things, you don't expect them. And um, and you don't really when you actually give those 
gifts to someone else, you don't really expect to receive anything in return. Mm. And you just um, really want to, what I was really trying to do is, in a small way, maybe make this world a better place. Mm. I guess that's the Buddhist in you all along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for being on. Really appreciate it. Thank you to Arjun. Yeah. This is you're the I think you're the first second timer so <laughs> we're gonna keep bringing you back maybe another host that would be good hey you did a great job okay okay um, thank you for tuning in everybody uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast comment uh, give us five stars on iTunes if possible that helps us a lot you can follow us on Facebook and check out our website thebtsa.com. <laughs>